Hello and welcome to this edition of Finance and Technology Insights. I'm Brian Williams of Northshire Consulting here with my co-host Eric Bjorndorf. Close enough. Been a, been a little while since I did the here. intro. Since I did the intro. So I'm understanding that this is episode 24, huh? About the big that. two four, yeah. Um, so what that means is, since we brush up on an hour, you could you could have a full day marathon of just us if you so choose. <laughs> I never, I didn't think of it that way. About that, huh? It's funny. You could binge watch us and waste a whole day. That's so funny. I didn't. I haven't thought of it like that yet. <laughs> What's going on? Oh, a little bit of everything, not much anything. But uh, so we're coming back here Tuesday. We got July fifth coming back after a holiday weekend. So. I'm pumped that you wanted to do this on Tuesday and not wait till Wednesday. I wasn't sure. I know the the first day back after a long weekend is always a little hit or miss. So, uh, so that's good. Must mean you got a lot to talk about. I w- I'm always happy to get back to normal. I, I'm not a Grinch. I like holidays. I like my weekends. But uh, after the after the holiday, uh, you know, Thanksgiving, I'm like this. After Christmas, I'm like this. And New Year's. I'm always happy to get back on a schedule. So, yeah. are you? Well, Thanksgiving's always a weird one because you got that. It's almost like the four day weekend, right? So, we don't usually yeah. get a lot of those. So, yeah. Are you back in, uh, are you stateside or are you still down yeah. in Florida? Yeah, back in, back in Connecticut, back at the home base. So, we drove back. Uh, we we're fully back here on Thursday about two o'clock. So, we did the lion's share of the drive on Wednesday. And then, oh, you've been back a while. Thursday. What? You're, you've been back a while. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't know why I thought you were going to. Okay. okay. So you did Thursday to, I guess, Thursday to Thursday, two weeks then. Pretty much. Yeah. Friday, Friday to Thursday. Yeah. Some okay. drive time in there. But yeah, we're trying to avoid the, the holiday weekend. So we figured we'd be, if we made it back Thursday at noon, we'd be good, good to go. So that worked out pretty well. Oh, good. So you're not, uh, you're, you know, sometimes coming, coming, traveling uh, on the day before you get heading back to, to the office, like, it feels chaotic because you're oh yeah you're, yeah. any you're kind of vacation at, at a minimum i like to get back on a saturday you know just so you have that full date on wine so we did we came back on thursday and we had planned to drive for about five hours but the best part about uh he says ironically of driving florida to connecticut is the worst part is like literally the last stretch you know it's like we had almost no traffic and then we ended up going uh like 684 through through danbury we get traffic and through waterbury we have traffic and it's like come on you drive all this ways and the worst part is the home stretch but um yeah it worked out pretty well my son was a little bit sick the last day um which is understandable i mean four years old and a lot of car time so it took him a day or two to sort of get back in the mix which which was fine so we pretty much just sat around and watched movies and stuff the the first cup the first day and a half home and then we we're back at it for the weekend nice so what'd you do this uh, for the holiday weekend or um we did uh we did like compounds fireworks which is a, a local amusement park to to us here which we we they i guess they did them all weekend which was pretty nice but we went uh we went saturday night so that was that was pretty fun and then Last night we had, uh, my son's been looking forward to this. It's funny that the things kids look forward to, but he wanted to have a slumber party in the basement. So we all I did is uh, he's got a little like a uh, air mattress type thing with some side sides on it kind of for the younger kids. It looks more like a water uh, flotation device of some sort, nice. like a, one of those little floaty rafts. But yeah, we did that and we, uh, 
you know, we all kind of slept in the basement of kind of a big L-shaped couch down there. So uh, we slept one way and he slept on the, and it was like the greatest night of his life. It's funny. That's cool. But uh, yeah, so he was all pumped. And then he, you know, so he went back to daycare today after not being there for a couple of weeks. So he's got a lot to talk about. Yeah, right. I always forget about Lake Compounds. I know you mentioned it a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm yet again reminded that I should take the girls down there um, to check that out. Was it was it busy? Uh, so so we went just for the fireworks. We have season passes, so we go we go. My wife and him go a lot, uh, two or three times a week. So he's um, but we went just you know we pulled in at like eight fifteen, and then the show was at like nine o'clock. It was, I guess, fairly crowded, but people people left early, which. I don't know. I could I could go on a million rants about stuff this weekend, but it's like you go to a half an hour fireworks show. You probably got there half an hour early and you have people leaving it like they they said all on social media. We're starting at nine. We're going for half an hour and nine twenty two. People are like packing up, trying to beat the traffic. It's like these 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 young people that are working the parking lots are pros. They got the they got the wands are direct. I mean, we were out in like three minutes, you know, but it's like. You go to a, a 30 minute event and you're going to pack up and leave eight minutes earlier. That stuff just blows my mind. But the people that do that. So that's funny. whatever. So, yeah, we this weekend, we, you know, we're a member. We, we finally got admitted to this. Um, I hate to say like it's a, it's ultra exclusive, but it's a it's a um, it's an outdoor camp, nature camp, I guess, uh, park, nature park that took us five years to get admitted. And we just, we, I just heard this weekend that it's, it could be up to seven years now. And it's a, it's a lake with a beach. They've got a beautiful boathouse and pavilion, uh, big, beautiful new, uh, playgrounds for the kids, uh, sporting fields, basketball, hiking trails, biking trails. Um, it's really cool place. So we've been spending a lot of time there. So we, we took the girls there this weekend for some time. And then uh, I think on, was it Saturday or Sunday? We went to my friend's house and he he went crazy on fireworks. He went up to New Hampshire, uh, got all of the stuff that you can't get in Connecticut. And he took um, an eight by eight sheet, eight foot sheet of plywood, I guess. And he glued down a whole array of these mortar systems. And then there were like all these wires hanging off of it. And I said, what, you know, what is that? And he's like, oh, that's the uh, smart electronic igniters that are mm-hmm. app controlled. So he built this whole fireworks display show. Uh, and um, and unfortunately, I was, you know, family enemy number one because we left just as he was preparing to start the show. Um, but, you know, my my girls, they really they start the wind down process around eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if we're in bed by thir- or if they're in bed by 8.30, 8.45, sometimes on nights and, and holidays and special occasions, they, you know, they could stay up till nine. But that's pretty much as late as our team keeps our our kids up um you know i'm I'm not saying anything bad about anybody who who keeps their kids up later but it's just it kind of works for us because you know we like to get up early in the mornings and um get our show started and 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 you know we you know if they stay up late leading up to to bedtime they're crashing or you don't get them in you don't get them in the shower or something like that before bed and stuff like that so 
yeah so just as he was pulling the fireworks out i'm like ah you know we timed out so you know we i piled them up and there was the kids were not happy about that so it was was, um but uh it was fun they you know there was a ton of kids there and we cooked out and things so it was a typical american uh fourth of july Mm -hmm. i guess you could say yeah yeah that's good i mean our same sort of thing here i mean we're usually putting luke in the in the bath around 7 30 and usually in bed, in bed by eight so to stretch it to 9 9 30 for firework show but he was a champ he did it last year at three so um and it's you know his routine has been a little bit off anyway but um i imagine one one child is easier than two also because you know like literally trying to get everybody to pull the rope in the same direction mm-hmm. is in a four-person household is a daily struggle <laughs> yeah um two 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 or you know one at least one person is always in a in a state of displeasure <laughs> right so so right. and it's usually more than one so it's uh and you know it's a challenge but um you know i kind of create these operating parameters like if, if we can just operate if everybody knows that this is where we have to operate and, right and, and and understand that then then everybody can be happy but it's like you know when you know my daughter my nine-year-old has a bunny for example and she's getting ready to go to camp and stuff and i'm just waiting 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 and i just don't see her making a move to go outside with fresh water and food and and that sort of thing and then i'm like you know you gotta take care of the bunny and then i get this look you know it's like, and then i have to tell her like it's not me telling you what to do it's it's really the universe telling you what mm-hmm. it needs you know and nine-year-old doesn't want to hear it <laughs> no definitely not definitely not so but, anyways uh, that's enough about enough about us what's going on with Northshire? I'm thinking we almost need to run those like a side by side, like a TikTok duet, so so the crowd can see us rocking out as as those play. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, bit business wise, uh, it was good to sort of be set up and mobily while I was while I was gone. I mean, I don't unless clients told unless I told clients, I don't think anybody really noticed the difference. So we're pretty on it as far as returning emails. You sort of switch to that mode of. Nothing super proactive, but you're just reactive, right? So vacation mode is, you know, you're trying to respond to phone calls and emails and and those sort of things. Um, we're, you know, we came through the end of the end of the first half of the year, end of the quarter, which is always a little bit uh, interesting and and busy. So we're uh, pulling together our our billing stuff, which I know you love, which is our favorite. We did actually change our our billing process a little bit this time around maybe i can share more next time around as it's as it's completed but um so that part's always fun and you get all these you know half year reviews and you know second half market outlooks which 90 percent of them are are useless but you get a few tidbits here and there so i just took a long walk this morning and i have all of them you know kind of scheduled on podcasts i'm just kind of going through them all this morning but um i guess the one sort of tidbit which is interesting is having a having a first six months of the year that's down for the market is measured by the S&P 500 has absolutely no bearing on the second half. So if you go back and all of look at all of the years where we've been down in the first half, half of the second half have been up, half of the second halves have been down. So, you know, when people talk about, you know, less experienced folks say the market is doing this or is doing that. Well, 
really isn't ever doing anything. It has done this or has done that. So, you know, people say the, the market is going, well, we know it was down the first half. That's all that we know. We don't know what's going to happen the second half, but um, listening to all those little recaps and listening to people think they know what's going to happen and whatever, it fills content, it sells advertising, but um, you know, it's tough to really think about that stuff. But uh I feel like I'm the only wise, one. So. I, mean, I know I went on a rant last week, but I feel like I'm the only one who, when the who sees the when the market's in a nosedive, like I, I celebrate that. I don't, I don't know, like that. It's it's like, yay, everything's on sale. You know, why doesn't everybody celebrate that? You know? Yeah, right. Well, because you know, maybe they're at retirement or they're looking for a certain number to hit. If I can get to X, I can retire. And maybe they were 95% of X and now on June 30th, they're 80% of X and it might add another But if you've been, if you, there. but would you say that if you're, if you've been following a healthy uh, investment um, methodology, you, there's a time component to that. So like if you, if you've been investing through all your earning years and here's a plug for you, maybe um, if you've been investing, like you should have been doing through your, 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 your earning years, even if there's a market downturn while you're divesting in retirement years, like you're, you're still, you should still have a, like a substantial net gain. You should be still up. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you look at the, somebody posted in my group about, you know, it was a dramatic headline about, you know, $3 trillion wiped out of retirement savings in the first half of this year, but it's just, you know, it's just a number, a big number. Um, I mean, it, it really would it have been mean a whole lot. Would it have even been prudent? And is it prudent that, I mean, the market was so obviously on fire last year. Mm -hmm. So like if you're in retirement age, wouldn't an advisor say like, look, the market's on fire right now. Like you may want to take a larger uh, disbursements or, or take some more money, more than usual money off the table right now on the, on the way up on while the market's on fire, because what goes up must come down. I mean, this every seasoned investor must know that, right? Mm -hmm. Yep, they do. They do. You've got you've got young investors who haven't really experienced it yet, so that's kind of new to them. And even really some of the older investors, I mean, if you're 65 now, your last real market downturn was was in your early 50s, so your balance is probably two or three times what it was then, so it didn't feel that that significant. So um, you know, like I said, it's a lot around round, it's a lot around round numbers. You know, you have a lot of people say, if I get to 2 million, I'll retire. I'm going to walk in and, you know, flip my boss, the bird and I'm out, you know, and if they got to 1.9 in December and now they're at 1.7, they're like, oh, I got to work another couple plus, of years. Plus so an 8% people, inflation. Yeah. Right. Right. And if they're that close to, you know. Even people at retire, if you're 65, you still have to plan on, on, or you still have to plan on drawing from your from your investments for the next 35 years, which is which is crazy to think. But you know, people used to retire at 65 and they'd be dead at 70. But you have to plan to not work pretty much as long as you worked. You know, if you if you're working from 25 to 65, you may not work from 65 to 105. So if you if 65 is kind of that tipping point but um listen it's emotional for people even right. the most seasoned market folks you know if they had a an account that was a hundred thousand in december and now it's seventy-seven thousand, it matters to people even if they know even if they know 
you know, what the market's supposed to do and all that kind of, even if they're not going to take any action, even if they knew this was coming, it's still emotional for people and you have to appreciate that. So, um, so you're sort of guiding them through that, through that process if they haven't gone through it before. So. Fair enough. So sorry, I didn't mean to derail us. Um, what's going on in Northshire uh, marketing or business development? Anything? Yeah, b- business development wise. So one of the things I think we've talked about here is uh, starting to have some other advisors reach out about partnering on, on different types of projects. So a lot of people got into wanted to chase that retirement plan business because they thought it was easy. They thought it was whatever. And now they get a couple plans and they realize it's a little bit more complex than they think. So they might be looking to partner with other advisors. So we're looking at that a little bit um, is an option to help some other advisors. And like I said, the last couple of weeks, uh, not a lot of proactive marketing stuff. Uh, I got a couple things that I'm going to do this week that I think I'd rather talk about after they're done then talk about before Ooh, I, I, I like the i like the tease i like the yeah tease. a little bit of a ah, tease i like the just, tease you know the whole idea of uh you know be about it don't talk about it so i'd rather say i've done this than i'm going to do this I, I, like that. I like that too good so um so yeah i got a couple things going on it's, it's somewhat centered around the you know the idea of the first half of the year and that kind of stuff so um but uh yeah what's going on with with evernet let's rock that one yeah so what's going on with me so um i don't know if i want to like keep rehashing the the (laughs) the big the big stuff that i've been working on um my hr platform and things like that that's that's kind of um i don't want to say it's winding down but it's winding to completion so i'm i'm satisfied with kind of this hr initiative that i was building over the past few months um so i'm really happy with that and now that kind of ties me or not ties me up frees me up to um start building out the whole purpose of you know working hard at building an hr function in the business from a kind of workflow processes so that i can bring on people um quickly and efficiently and uh so yeah, I finished that and now I'm ready to start b- building out the team. I'm really um, satisfied with kind of the education that I've had over the few past few years um, with my digital marketing uh, uh, initiatives. So just um, going to be focusing on building that team um, to start building out our website and digital marketing effort a lot more uh, aggressively. Um, I kind of been one of that one of the efforts one of the spokes to, to that wheel was the email marketing and mm-hmm. uh we were building you know we're building out a new crm tool over the past couple of years and getting that integrated with our current data set and that was done somewhere around january february march and uh then we i kind of sampled some email campaigns and uh then i didn't run any last month while i brought in a new web developer and i just ran a july 4th campaign over the weekend and it's so i just love that data i you know you and i've talked about email campaign Mm -hmm. data before and it's so fascinating to see when you send send an email out to four thousand people um, you can see who opens it and who clicks on the links in it and uh, who unsubscribes and who you know the bounce rate and things and i bet you it must have been really fun in the days uh you know maybe 
maybe 10 years ago when like Outlook and, and email clients didn't stop the image download, for example, mm -hmm. uh, on, on new emails where, you know, you, you embedded or attached an image to an email and, you know, it presented right away. Cause that's, by the way, for those who listening, it, that's the mechanism that marketers can tell if you read their email or not is if you um, click the download pictures to see the full full content. Mm -hmm. So I'm still getting, you know, like I think half of the 4,000 or so are registered as unopened, but um, you, you can reasonably deduce that that's not necessarily accurate. It's just people who didn't download the images. Right. And so, what about the, uh, what about the people that, so I'm, I'm, I don't like having the, the unreads, you know, in my email or, or even in the deleted items. What about people who just open it, just to show that as read, right? So they're going to count as people that read it, but they didn't actually read it. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you start, you start kind of in trying to read the tea leaves on some of these behaviors, you know, it's like an open doesn't necessarily mean a red, although the content of our 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 mailer was basically just a big static image of uh, american flag and fireworks and our logo so it really wasn't a value offer it was just a feel good is what we call them internally um so it was just a happy fourth of july um, email campaign so um without without reading that like i guess there's there was no other value to it to to the email item you know um, so, uh, but was, what other, what, what else is interesting is actually seeing the clicks. So we do have kind of standard banners and footers for our social, our website and that sort of thing. And it was really, it is really fascinating to see, you know, a lot of people are clicking on the business owners and managers groups, the, the bomb groups that I've created, okay. yeah, I saw um, those. quite a few people, um, seem to take interest on, in that. Um, I didn't see any subscription or, um, uh, ad requests to the groups, but you know, it's still interesting to see that people are noticing that. Mm -hmm. uh, another thing that I worked on is uh, I implemented a corporate email signature <laughs> tool. Um, oh, good. It, you know, it's so like, uh, it's so minutia, but it's really interesting that I don't know if I mentioned this last week or not, but managing a corporate signature across, you know, a company. You know, it, unfortunately, Microsoft and email providers uh, don't give the I, corporate IT manager great tools to implement a a standard standardized email signature for the industry to pull in people's names and first name, last name, titles, that sort of thing. So there was some talk that Microsoft was going to produce a tool for it back in May of 2020, but it, they it just it just that line went dead, but there's, there are tools out there that you can use. So, um, you know, first I poo pooed them and I was like, now nah, we'll manage the signature manually. We'll draft it and then we'll send it to the staff and expect everybody to copy and paste it into their signature. And, um, that, that's just not a great way to take control, affirmatively taking control of an out, outcome that you want, you know, easily when, when you have, you know, 20 people managing a, something like that manually, uh, you know, First, you can't centrally just kind of make an edit and then move on. Like right. you have, it becomes kind of an act of Congress to like make it some sort of edit. Um, so, anyways, using a tool to centrally manage a signature is really powerful because you can take control of the branding across the whole company. And you know, our little company of uh, you know ten or so people now 
we're sending 12 and a half thousand, not, not even counting marketing emails, just standard service and business related emails, 12 and a half thousand email emails go out of our organization a month. Wow. I, yeah, I thought that was like, that was crazy. So, um, the other thing that I, the other thing that I did was I implemented a, a an ad banner in our email signature because uh, you know because you know with that many communication or touch points to to our clients and prospective clients and our you know business contacts and things why not use that to get some messaging out whatever the messaging is so we started with a hundred dollar um amazon gift card or store of your choosing client referral program so we just put a little banner in everybody's signature and uh, said, yeah, we'll send you a hundred dollar gift card for every new client that you refer to us. And, uh, you know, why not? Um, and when that changes, we'll um, start, you know, cross selling things that we do internally and and maybe even use it as some sort of, you know, uh, bullhorn to to if there's any sort of emergency or whatever. So um, mm-hmm. I'm looking at a tool that will actually allow me to to host a pool of ads. And then I was just going to ask that. Yeah. If you could put five or six in and rotate them. Yeah. So the email is HTML. So when you look at an email, it is effectively a web page. So, you know, the images are hosted on our web server and I am looking at some technologies that will, I, you know, I just want to, we want to create a pool of ads that we just, you know, put in a folder and then have them kind of rotated at some interval. Um, so we're, we're looking at that and that's all part of kind of building out my marketing team. You know, we, we have three resources right now in the marketing team. I think, I think I want to bring on a, um, I think I want to tell me if the, you think this is crazy. I want to, I want to bring on a researcher, uh, you know, somebody who, who is like kind of a bespoke intellect, uh, intellectual, you know, not, not that we're not all intellectuals, but, but somebody who's like, like they come to the table with like the firm understanding that their job is to take be given a theme topic or concept and then research it and then produce an intellectual output and you know because right now all of our resources are kind of copywriters but none of them really you can tell like they they do the copywriting um because it has somebody has to produce the words but nobody seems to really love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. So the the researcher component, do you think you'd have enough to to pull forty hours in on that person or not? You know, I'm look. You know, between Fiverr and the way the work from home life is, I I, I feel like there's a there's a deep library, um, a deep pool of of resources out there that yeah. would work ad hoc or part time. Yeah, I like I like the concept. I like even the idea of just, you know, you see an idea or you see a concept just scrolling through LinkedIn or an email and you say, hey, look into this. How does this how does this work or what are the results? Who's doing something similar? I think that's a good idea. Yeah, I mean, the thing that I'm thinking is like, here's a here's a product. Give me give me a thousand words selling this product to this audience, Hmm. you know, and that means you got to research the product. You got to research the the pros and cons, the where it comes from, you know, who, who, you know, who is it servicing and that sort of thing. And then just give me a thousand words selling this product to this audience, you know, and 
and a re telling a web developer to do that or a digital marketing associate or kind of a you know a, a, a jack or jane of all trades in the context of marketing you know they can do it but like again they still have to like do the web work they still have to do the imaging work the, the graphic design work and you know i just feel like if i had a researcher who like was just that you know like mm -hmm. i can just give like give me a thousand words and and then submit it to the to to the web develop web resources you know what i mean and then the web resources will put it up and then they'll, they'll that way the, you know specialization i mean it's not a unique unique concept you know what i mean um but i i feel like with the with there's so many work from home types that just you know will you know i was looking at um you know, indeed and things like that. I just, I don't know. That, I think that's the direction I want to go in. Cause I have two, I have, you know, Megan's really great in our social media management, digital, uh, di um, um, graphic design. And then we, we have Alfonso who's, um, kind of our web guru and he's doing the web stuff. And I just feel like I need another web guy or girl and I need a researcher, somebody who can just be like, give me a thousand words on this. Give me a thousand words on that and just feed, feed the machine. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Did you have a, an initial project in mind? Something that would be. I do. And it's another one of those things that I don't want. I think I'll take a cue from you. Like I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to pull back the curtain too soon. Mm -hmm. um, I want to see if I can execute on this initiative first and then, and then maybe yeah. report on it. Okay. Sounds yeah. like that makes that makes sense. Did you? Uh, so we one of the things we talked about is uh, talking about some of the content we consume. So you know, other podcasts, other YouTube stuff that we watch, even non-business stuff, movies. I got at the movies this weekend. So anything content-wise, business or personal, that would be interesting. Oh, okay. I wasn't prepared for that. Let's see. <laughs> No, well, I, I can mean, I can throw some stuff out there first. Then yeah, why don't you why don't you lead off? Yeah, so we ended up going back and watching uh, the first Deadpool this weekend, which I'd never yeah. seen, um, and I thought it would be something a little bit different. I like I like Ryan Reynolds; he seems like a good dude. He's pretty funny. So just based on that, I like to watch stuff where I know the actors and a little bit of backstory there and stuff. So, um, and of course, my wife, being a, a Disney person, is starting to learn the marvel universe a little bit more so i thought that would be kind of a kind of an adult uh, crossover kind of thing we could do obviously after luke went to bed if you're familiar with deadpool but uh but i thought i thought it was interesting i i enjoyed it at uh not a ton but it was a good kind of a a filler movie that, that had some moments i'll probably watch the second one you know and then some at some point this summer i don't i don't know if she'll be that interested in it but uh we went back and and watched that so that was kind of interesting yeah, that's um, fun. Ryan, Ryan yeah. Reynolds, when I look at, I, I like Ryan Reynolds also a lot. Yes. However, yeah. like Robin Williams, I feel like I would hate being stuck at a cookout with, with them or, 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 mm. or some social function because it's like, um, it's like, what, like, Hey man, like you don't need to be on every minute of every day. Like just, just like turn it off for a minute. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't I watched a ton of interviews with Robin Williams, ton of interviews with Ryan Reynolds and like the guy, like they're, they're just a type and Jim Carrey, I think is a lot like this, you know, where it's just like on, 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 on. And I think they've spoken. I know Jim Carrey's spoken to that, that that's part of their like insecurities and that's part sure. of like kind of the personality, you know, where they come from. 
And it's like, man, I, I like what you're doing, but like, can, can, can we just like sit in silence for just a minute? Or can we just like talk about the weather as the weather rather mm -hmm. than like some clever quip that you're going to insert into this theme? Right. So that, right. That, that, that's how I look at Ryan Reynolds. But yeah, anyways, keep right. going. Like, are you are you testing material on me? Is this some some kind of bit you're gonna do on TikTok later or something? You'd always kind of and not, I mean, not to get too deep, but that was probably a lot of Robin Williams struggle is who is he when he's not Robin Williams? And do people like that person? Right. Does he even like that person, but that's probably a subject matter for a different podcast. Right, right. A couple of different people other than us. But um, so that was kind of interesting. But um, yeah, trying to go through and uh clean up so my my Go ahead. You know, just uh, well, I spent a lot of time on my uh, on my podcast list, and um, you know what I listen to and when I listen to them, and um, learned a little bit about how I consume content or how I would be, um, or, or maybe to some ways to, for me to structure content a little bit better in the in the future. So I think I mentioned this too. My my wife is doing a bit of a challenge, kind of one of those personal things where she's trying to do a piece of content every day for July. So she's mostly been YouTube, but then she's she's been uh, she's been slicing that up and, and doing TikToks and, and Instagram, some stuff that we did that was uh, recorded while we were down there, some stuff that she's took some some pictures and kind of worked on since since uh, since we got home. So she's doing a good job with that. But so a combination of kind of watching her and seeing what works and her thought process with my experience and some of the the content that I've uh, started consuming long form versus short form, I think is, uh, has been kind of interesting. So um, that's sort of got to shape my second half of the year, I think a little bit. Um, I've noticed that uh, the shorter form content, I'm much more willing to, to take a chance on. So, so one of the things I'll do if I'm going for like a longer walk or something is I'll, I'll go into my podcast and I'll, I'll download those just, just real quickly. And I'll try to put together, let's say 60 minutes and I'll say, all right, do I want to, cause you don't want to be out on a walk, like fumbling around, like deciding what to listen to. So you almost put together like a mini playlist. So, you know, there's certain ones that, you know, maybe if they're five minutes, you know what, if it's, if it's bad, I'll just throw it on the list and, and whatever. But the longer form stuff, you almost really have to like, do I really want to make this sort of investment and that kind of stuff. So, so I think there's a there's a place for longer and shorter form content, but I think the shorter form stuff people are much more. And obviously, this is you know fairly obvious stuff, but they're much more willing to if it's repetitive and not repetitive, but if it's more of a consistent daily kind of thing, people are more likely to say, "All right, I'll I'll subscribe to this podcast because at worst I've wasted five minutes." And maybe I just tone, tune it out or uh, maybe there's one or two bits of information in there that are valuable. But if you're doing the longer form stuff, maybe once every couple of weeks, people might be less likely to subscribe because they don't want to, you know, get sucked into a bad episode. They're 12 minutes in and they're like, man, this sucks. And I've just wasted 12 minutes. So um, so I think that's sort of an interesting development that I've sort of honed in on a little bit. Yeah, that's good. I I did exactly what most YouTubers probably did. And I, my, my pipeline of content has dried up my, my swagger, my mojo, or I've lost or something, but, mm. um, I'm, it's also, 
I'm a systems guy. So like I need, you know, I'm building out so many systems right now so that I can produce a steady stream of content. Um, you know, some of my secret sauce is, you know, I regret so, so badly not leveraging my, uh, relationships with our vendors, um, mm -hmm. for a longer time. So I've been, um, kind of re coming back to this kind of core, um, business practice of, you know, um, uh, maintaining healthy relationships, partnerships with our vendors, um, where, where the vendors, uh, you know, reciprocal and open and open to that. And I'm, I'm kind of overwhelmed with, um, how well that's going. And we've had such a really positive engagement from a lot of our vendors and they've come on to the Evernet reviews, uh, YouTube channel to review their products with me. And that was really, uh, really positive. But I didn't, you know, part of the mechanism to kind of run that machine is to build a library, a, a library of contacts that are designated vendors. And then I want to I want to produce an e monthly email campaign saying, like, here's our latest episode. You know, here, here's a sizzle reel or something. Um, and here's the website, evernet.tv to sign up. I'm waiting. I need to do some more work on that website and kind of that mechanism. And so, like, I didn't put an email out last month. And I'm going to have to put one out now because our schedule is starting to dry up a little bit. So I need to get I need to get people back on the show and lined up and getting some more recordings. So that's kind of that piece of my my content, you know, even down to like I have been starting to promote this channel a little bit, but I'm not really liking kind of the um, the execution of it. Like I, I really want to get a, boot, a website booted up for this. I want to you know kind of get all these uh, supporting assets together. So I'm kind of getting this i'm just like a chronic failure to launch only not because i don't want to launch it's because i just i know kind of like what all the pieces and assets i know what the full picture looks like and when, when i you know i'm just one man you know i'm just one man yeah. <laughs> so and i'm i'm laughing because i'm the exact same way it's like how many times have i have i done 80 percent of a project and said all right i'll get i'll which would have been better than probably most of the content that's out there and said, uh, it's not perfect. Let me get back to it and then gone on to something else. And, um, yeah, same, same sort of thing. So I'm trying to, trying to work on some of that stuff as, as well. Um, but yeah, I do like the content. One thing you're doing a good job of is you, is you post multiple, like when you're doing those interviews, I see it in different places and then I'll, I'll see it again, which is good. I'm, I'm not great with that. I, I always am under the assumption of like, all right, I put this out there. Now it's on to the next thing. But oh, you got a lot of good. Yeah, I've got a lot of good content. You're assuming that if people are going to like somehow get ticked off if they see it twice, which obviously makes no sense or that because you posted a link to this YouTube video Monday morning, that if you post it Thursday afternoon, that that like the exact same audience. And that's not true. But um, so that that same um mindset of, of reusing the content and getting it out to different audiences and well when we publish we use a social media manager you know that mm -hmm. and when we and then we at the time of publishing we conceptualize like how i mean how many times do we want to kind of present this and so mm -hmm. it, when we when we publish it once we're we're scheduling it publish it today in again in two days maybe three times, uh, you know, or whatever, whatever kind of the uh, methodology is. And then we're looking out, you know, I think 30 days will, will mm -hmm. do that. And so when you kind of look at it as, as 30 days, like, is it appropriate to 
post about Zola suites, Evernet reviews, you know, today, Friday, next Wednesday, the Thursday after that, all of a sudden doesn't look that it doesn't look that inappropriate. Right. And then you're worried like if the, if the, if the post is exactly the same LinkedIn or Twitter, they're not even going to show it to anybody, you know, because it's like, all right, we've already seen this post. So you, you have to post, you know, maybe the, the link is the same, but the, the verbiage around the post is maybe a little bit different. So again, that, that hurts your scalability a little bit, but might improve the visibility. So it's that yeah. sort of trade off too. So yeah. good stuff. I want to make sure we, we don't run long. You want to, you want to talk about the new, anything in the news? Uh, yeah, sure. Let's run it. If nothing else, we get to play the, the intro, which is fun. So before we go into the news, let's just um, do a self-show promo. If you haven't already uh, liked and subscribed, uh, do so now and um, follow us on Facebook. We do have a Facebook page. Let me just bring that up real quick here. Is this me? Nope, that's you. That's me. So here's our Facebook page, Finance and Technology Insights. And here is our YouTube channel, which, man, I can't wait till we get a thousand subscribers so we can get a custom url <laughs> i know we'll get I, can, I suppose i could register a, a redirect you know go, which would redirect to the channel that might be clever but well you, yeah and you know there's that uh you can put the url in that, that will ask people su to subscribe when they go to it um so if you go in the url and it's you know a question mark equals subscribe or something like that when people click that link and they go to this it'll say do you want to subscribe so they have to they have to take an action. They have to either say yes or no, rather than oh, nice. pressing the subscribe button. Very nice. So uh, working back. So just so everybody knows, Brian and I. Hey, did we get the podcast up last week by chance? Uh, yeah, pretty sure that's up. Okay. Um, so for the viewers out there, Brian and I post to our Facebook group on just throughout the week any news and and articles that we find interesting. And then we come here on our new section and kind of wor wor work our way backwards or any, if anything's real hot, we'll get right to it. Uh, you want me to work? You want to start going backwards or you have anything you want to jump right into? Uh, no. Yeah. We, so we did episode 23 last week. That podcast is it's out on the 2028. So Florida road trip, bamboo and crypto we talked about. Nice. I almost don't remember any of that episode. I'm going to have to go back and listen to it again. <laughs> So I posted, uh, so, so how do I begin? I just posted an art. I posted an article from Engadget that Tesla EVs can now scan the road for potholes and adjust the suspension height. Mm -hmm. So this is one of those, like, you know, I'm watching this tech, the technology and the transportation sector kind of in this transition to electrification and autonomy, uh, autonomy. And, you know, Tesla has this self full self-driving beta that they've put out there to a small subset of people that will, you know, the car can drive on city streets, recognize stop signs, stop lights, yield signs, and, and try to drive autonomously. Um, for a long time, the car would not identify a pothole and try to just drift around it, you know, like a normal driver. Hmm. This feature here, this article, Tesla EVs can now scan the road for potholes and adjust the suspension height. 
I think it's pretty specific and it does, it doesn't say can now scan the road for potholes and, and dodge them, you know? Um, instead it sounds like it sees the pothole and then takes it on the chin. Um, so I, I, I didn't, not that it was a unique prediction to say, you know, eventually these smart cars can map the quality of the road and then drive create a better drive. Um, but, um, yeah, I think, I think this is awesome. You know, the other thing too, is I, I, my, my comment when I posted this is look, look what I, what I put here. How about giving municipalities a dashboard from provided by Tesla, um, that can monitor the health of the, of the roads because you know, the, the, I, I don't know, maybe, you know, but the road data that towns collect on the quality of the roads is, is a, is a pretty manual one. Mm-hmm. And I know some towns, ha- there used to be this app called C C click fix. I wonder if it's still, I wonder if it's still out, but it's, um, is, a um, this is an app, an independent app that like towns can use where um, residents can like take pictures of public infrastructure that seems to be in disrepair and mm-hmm. submit it to the town management. Um, so this is just, and this is not new. This has been around for 10 years or so. So anyways, I just thought it would be interesting if somehow like if there was an open standard or something for public works and if the cars could start mapping the quality of the road and just submit like the you know uh an an issue like a like a pothole or something wouldn't that be interesting yeah that would be interesting even if uh even any sort of other disturbance uh an animal or or tree down in the road or something like that even if even if it was a slightly manual process like hey we noticed a tree you know on the on the shoulder or something like that do you want to report this or you know press this button to to send it or whatever you know well, conceivably, um, you know, these cars are using, I mean, Tesla famously is using Tesla vision or AI vision. Uh, mm-hmm. So so we're entering this world where the computers are starting to get the logic to to identify a an object through graphic, through a picture representation, through a picture mm-hmm. and um, and then know what they're what the computer is seeing. Um, you wouldn't even, you know, wouldn't even have to. And it sounds like in this case, they're just, you know, it's going to see what a pothole is. You don't need to say like report pothole. Maybe a reporting feature would be kind of like a, uh, an extra boost, but, um, you know, I don't know if you ever see that movie, I robot with Will Smith. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think there was, I don't know if there's some cartoons as when we were kids that would do it, but like, you know, you're on this autonomous highway of the future and like a crash happens and then like traffic dynamically reroutes around the debris and then like out of some non some discreet like garage door on the side of the road like these you know the cleanup robots show up and right clean up the thing and then go away yeah it just really feels like we're heading in that direction doesn't it it does it does it feels like it yeah there's even other states that will put up a an enormous curtain or something. So you don't get the rubbernecking on the other, which I think is is great. I wish every place did that. I know it's an extra little bit of labor and uh, all that involved, but it's amazing. Rubbernecking slowdown is awful. Oh, it's terrible. And that's something, again, one of those, uh, something that goes away with autonomous vehicles, right? They're just going to, they're just going to, they're not going to care. What do they, they don't want to look. Yeah. So that sort of stuff. Yeah. And even as far as like the potholes or other hazards, even if they could just take a quick picture of it, send it to town hall you know 
certainly within the realm of possibilities, which would make things a lot easier. Data would data is cool. And, and I really hope that government leans into that because it would just, you know, some we've all I'm sure seen a road getting getting paved that we're all like scratching our heads like, why is that getting paved? You know, right. or like going down a road being like, why isn't this road being paved? Yeah, well, because nobody on the town council lives on that road. That's why. <laughs> the um, well, and then I guess to take it a step further, you may even have smart roads anyway. Will be able to detect this kind of stuff, or maybe they uh, or they're able to switch from, you know, or they're they're pre lit to some extent, or they're or they're in essence solar panels themselves. Um, so solar roads would be cool. I yeah. on a hot summer day, I can't. I I just have an emotional negative response to like hot black asphalt because mm -hmm. you just like look at that and you're like yeah that is definitely a contributor to global warming somehow you know what i mean and yeah <laughs> right and if somehow roads could just be uh solar and just kind of soak up that energy and you know be be made to be useful that that would be that would be cool yeah the, and here i am i'm just listening to you talk about hot black asphalt and thinking about how i'm going to take that audio clip and have a ton of fun with that editing that in different formats and putting that yeah. out there but yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, smart roads with solar, but they're doing some of that with sidewalk stuff already, right? I think which would make sense. Yeah, there's there's a number of um, initiatives working on smart roads for sure, whether it's um, charging or solar or both. Um, I know that they're trying to put um, wireless charging in the roads for the cars. So I don't know. It's kind of one of those things where it's like, are smart roads like the breakfast robot of the 80s movie that you might have seen where you know an alarm clock is connected by string to the kitchen and it drops an egg on the pan and puts the toaster down and you, you know what i mean like do you know am i invoking yeah, imagery sure. you know yeah is, is a smart road like that where you're like boy it would be nice if there were solar panels and illumination and you know self-repairing and wireless charging but like you know, is that ultimately maybe just like too much to ask, you know? Well, it's good. You're going to have to definitely change the roads a little bit as smart cars start to think, start to take over. But you, so think about something like as odd as this, you, you think about a normal road and the normal wear and tear that goes into a road. You, people are not going to drive in the exact same spot down the exact same road every time. Some people are going to be a little closer to the shoulder. Some might be a little closer to the to the center. But if you're if everybody is running the vehicles with the same AI built into it, you're going to and you use the same roads you have now, you're going to end up with ruts a lot more quick, quickly than you would now, because everybody right. will be, you know, 18 inches from the curb or you know, right. 36 inches from the center line because it's going to be programmed that way. So, um, so that's one area where you're going to have to think about that as you're building roads, the potential for people driving in those same sort of ruts. Uh, right. Yeah. Sort of oddball stuff. Let me, let me ask you, let me switch gears here. Cause I do have an article here about, um, SpaceX's Starlink, which I have a personal, uh, addition to that, but tell me, do you ever get tired of this headline big shorts investor michael burry <laughs> that guy's everywhere do you, do you do you see do you ever like see that on your periodicals i do i see that stuff and there's a there's a bunch of people who 
have been right or are these sort of they call them perma bears or gold bugs who you know just basically say the same thing every year or predict the next crisis um i was actually thinking about this a little bit on, on the walk this this morning one way our businesses are, are kind of the same is they're they're always trying to prevent against the last disaster right so everybody's looking at right now is it is it more like 2000 is it more like 2008 is it more like so they're always trying to compare things backwards and you know in your world if you have this big hack you want to fix it and then you want to prevent the next attack assuming it's going to work the exact same way and do the, the you know so it's um you get these guys out here who were serial predictors and they've either been right once or just by nature of what they do they're they'll be right again but yeah this guy pops up a lot and there's a few Look, other similar people i noticed this i started noticing this um couple months ago and I, I was just like i just kind of like you read the headline you're like okay 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 and then last week i was like god i was like damn it like stop with this guy right and then i was like yeah. let me do this search you ever do this this um this kind of string in a google search where if you add yeah, the term site, site colon, yeah um you could do this look look at how market insider one week ago, six hours ago, four days ago, six days ago, three hour, three hours ago, three mm -hmm. weeks ago, three weeks ago, six days ago. Like they're they, they must have one person who's just like, what's Michael Berry's headline today? Yeah, or he's got a PR person and he's probably got a PR person and a ghostwriter and all this stuff is on autopilot. He probably knows nothing about what's in any of these articles. But these are these are like but the publications are gotta have to publish this. You know what I mean? So yeah, so this is one of those things where like I'm start I, I used to value Market Insider as a publication, mm -hmm. but if every day or every few days I see this headline where you're just trying to milk this cow, this is a cow milking yeah. headline, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? um i don't know i thought maybe you would have some i, I was when i was kind of curious what your response would be to that yeah you, you, you're right you do end up sort of learning to dismiss that there was a time when i would click on stuff from him and i won't anymore just because there's so much and when you you know we we talked about before we came on like one of my uh like my default page since edge got updated was like this curated like stuff of microsoft 365 of stuff i should know and it, and it pumps full of this sort of stuff these these aggregator websites and stuff that um i gotta pull up this that uh, we don't have time to really talk about it now maybe we'll get into it next week but it was a long a longer article in sports illustrated that was about the uh the twitter account and social media accounts ball sack sports are you familiar with them at all no so it is a is it a total it's a total parody account um but as i as i read through this article it talked about all the stuff that they've put out and then it talked about how it was how it's been picked up and quoted and requoted and there's and i'm reading through this stuff and it's it's not important stuff it's about this teammate that had beef with this guy or whatever and I'm reading this stuff and it's like, wow, I heard that from a credible, as I make the, the air quotes here, credible media source. And just like, it's not anything that I really cared about, but it's like, yeah, I remember people talking about this, like this beef between these two players. And it was completely fabricated by this, this guy that has this, this ball sack sports, uh, Twitter account. And, but, but it was, a he started it as a, as a, symbol of how you know fake news can spread and you know you, you grab a picture of an athlete 
you, you, you put it in a, in a Canva post and you put a quote, you put quotation marks around it, you attach their name to it. You send it out. There's no consequences that athlete may or may not have said that, but it's going to get picked up and somebody will be screaming and yelling about it on, you know, Skip Bayless or Stephen A. Smith or one of these guys. And it's just this article like blew my mind about, you know, this kind of world exists and you know, these aggregator. And it was about how, you know, he had written something and it got pulled into, you know, the Fox News website and CBS Sports and all these other that they just pick up this stuff. It's all these aggregators and RSS feeds and all this stuff. And they're just pulling stuff. And it's just, it's amazing how that, and it's completely automated, at least from a website standpoint. And then, you know, you've got maybe a researcher, an intern who's picking up this article and it's like, oh yeah, ESPN and SI both reported this thing. And they both just reported it because the other person did. And it's just nuts. It's crazy. Yeah, Jimmy Jimmy Kimmel torches those guys from time to time. I don't know if you watch Jimmy Kimmel, but he'll yeah. from, from time to time he'll show just a string of like regional news outlets just saying this, reading from the same exact mm-hmm. talk line. Yeah. All right. We're we're at fifty six and a half minutes, and we set ourselves a hard 60, 60 minute uh, ceiling for these shows. I enjoy these very much. My name's Eric Bjorndorf of Evernet Consulting. Uh, if you are looking for, let me just bring up my website. If you are looking for consulting or support for your business, um, give me a call or go to evernetco.com and schedule a discovery call with me. And, uh, I am joined every week by my esteemed colleague, Brian Williams. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah, Northshire Consulting, an independent advisory firm in Connecticut, working with small businesses and families. Online persona is 401k and beyond. So we use that on our YouTube channel and our, our Facebook group. Facebook group just went over 2,000 people, which is uh, which is pretty exciting. So Excellent. Um, And that's with me having to boot out a bunch of spammers and all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, and our YouTube channel continues to, to grow. Going to put a little bit more content in there, but we're at about 1,300 subscribers there. And uh, that's it. I guess we'll Excellent. see you next week. All right. Always a pleasure seeing you, my friend. Glad to have you back to uh, Connecticut. And um, we'll have to catch up for a uh, root beer one of these days. All right. Sounds good.